I play video games. Fortnite. Overwatch. Minecraft. Cool math games. Schoolwork. Watching movies. Watching TV. Mickey Mouse cartoons. Peppa Pig. Social media. FaceTiming. YouTube. I only one. This is the Techno Panic Podcast. What's a podcast? Here's your host, my mom, Kristen Turner. Welcome to the Techno Panic Podcast. My name is Ian O'Byrne. I am joined as always by my co-host and good friend, Kristen Turner. Uh, we're going to share a little bit of insight from a research uh, agenda that we've been working on. We've been taking a little bit of time to think about how we help our children become thoughtful, connected, critical users of digital technologies. And what this means to normal people is How and when do we explain to our children what is meant by an algorithm or privacy or security? How do we help our children think more about the digital tools and the different spaces that they use as they are a citizen in this modern age? So this is the fourth out of four episodes that we've recorded. And in this episode, we're going to talk to Kristen about what she learned in the research process. So Kristen, Uh, First off, can you say hi and tell us uh, who you spoke to in your research? Well, it's good to chat with you again, Ian, and I know that we have been spending some time thinking about what it means to parent in a digital age when we are all locked in the house together. So it's nice to take this shift back to this research that we've been conducting over the course of the past semester. I worked with my daughter, Megan, for this research. And the reason that Megan and I um, ended up following this path was because she came to me one day after school and said, mom, can I get Snapchat? And this actually really surprised me because she has been anti-social media. She's been very vocal about what she perceives as social social media doing to her friends. Um, and so even though, you know, a lot of her friends have social media accounts when they were 11 or 12, and now we're all kind of headed toward that 13 age, um, she really didn't want any part of it. So for her to come home from school and ask me if she could get Snapchat was a big surprise. The rule in our house is no, she couldn't get Snapchat because she's not 13. So it's kind of a non-starter and, and we'll get back to that in a second. But I didn't say no. I said, this is an opportunity for us to have a conversation about why she wants Snapchat, where this kind of movement in her personal digital wishes is coming from, but then also to inform her about some of the things that we give up every time we sign into a social media app. So these are things that I know, and we talked with Chris from Hypervisible earlier this season about privacy and security, and that really had an impact on me as well. But as an adult, I make certain decisions knowing that I'm giving data and privacy to a company. And I think it's important that our children know that as well if they are going to engage in these apps. So can I have Snapchat became an opportunity for us to sit down, look at the terms of service and the privacy agreements of Snapchat. Uh, We spent about an hour going through the website, uh, understanding what Snapchat is, 
what we give up when we go on Snapchat. And interestingly, it says very clearly on the website that you must be 13, that this is designed for 13 year olds. Megan and her friends thought that it was 12 because the app in the iTunes store actually says 12 and up. So <laughs> there was this interesting moment of disconnect where she was really surprised by the 13 and I wasn't because I'm familiar with, you know, COPPA laws and things like that. But So a couple questions mm -hmm. um, to put a finer point on it. So your daughter is 13 now? She will be 13 this, this summer. She was 12. She was 12 years old. Um, and uh, your daughter has a twin brother. We've talked a lot about your use of technology in your home. Um, and you are a little bit more pro uh, protective of your children and thoughtful about how they use technology as opposed to how I am in my house. What does regular look like in terms of digital usage for Megan? What, does, what devices does she use? What apps, what platforms does she use as a 12 year old? She is very into YouTube as is her twin brother. So I would say consuming information on YouTube um, and not just information, but consuming entertainment. They love Dude Perfect and you know have their favorite YouTubers that they follow and she could name them, I can't. <laughs> um, but they, they really enjoy watching videos on YouTube. So watching videos is something they talk about. Megan is not as much into video games. Um, that's something that her brother Ryan is much more into. Um, so I wouldn't say that her screen time use involves a lot of video games. It's much more the YouTube. However, she loves to create. So, and they will work together very often to create videos. They use the iMovie app. Um, they do their own uh, kid perfect kind of mimicking what dude perfect does and they that involves setting up all kinds of stunts and event and events that they're basically videoing so there's a lot of creation and collaboration that happens when they are working on the screens that way um, she is also very musical so she will use um, the device to record her music um, and again i see that as more like a creation interaction with the device now, another question before we get back into you talking, reading these terms of use and service with her, um, you are also pretty digitally savvy. Do you use Snapchat? So do you use Snapchat, TikTok, any of these products and services? So uh, do you have a lot of expertise in those areas? And so you're trying to share that or are you learning at the same time? I use social media, but I do not use Snapchat or TikTok. And part of the reason that I did not get into that was because it was not useful to me in my professional or personal life. Um, social media is a way for me to connect across the world with my colleagues professionally, but also to connect with my family across the world, basically. Um, and my people weren't on those apps. I was also, I probably had my backup to those apps because there were some early privacy concerns and um, some early security concerns that came out with those apps that I am not convinced have been fixed. Okay, so you were very thoughtful, you're very critical about Snapchat in particular. So your daughter comes to you and says, can I use Snapchat? And your first initial reaction probably was absolutely might, not <laughs> absolutely not so but I, I didn't say that to her i that was what i said in my head but i was really just more surprised um so in the conversation with her it became clear that her lunch table every single person at the lunch table 
except for her and one other person had a Snapchat account. And the entire lunch conversation was focused on what was happening on Snapchat. And so I, I first kind of dug down with her about whether she was feeling left out of the conversation because she didn't know how the app worked. And um, it wasn't that, you know, she had seen some of her friends' accounts. She, she knew how the app worked. I didn't know how the app worked. So I was learning from her. You asked before if I knew things. I really was learning alongside her as we went through this. Um, but it, it was more about the things that happened in this community on the app that, that were then the conversation at the lunch table. So she was not part of what was happening and therefore couldn't talk about it. Um, and so, you know, we went from, can I have the app? Why do you want the app to, well, let's take a look online at what this app actually is and what it will do for you. But also let's learn a little bit about the things that you need to give up if you're going to use this app. Um, so, and we actually went to the terms of service because we had that little blip where I said, it's 13 and she said, no, it's 12. <laughs> so I said, well, let's go find out. So why not just give a blanket no? Um, because we've talked in the past about getting, giving my son, who will be 10 soon, a cell phone. And there's a blanket, nope. So why, what's, what spoke to you that said, I need to take time, maybe this is part of the research piece. Why did you stop and say, well, let's investigate and try and figure out what's really happening here? I think your word investigate is really what it was all about. So as a parent, I can just have rules that my kids don't understand, but I know it's in their best interest. And so I have the rule, I lay down the law and the answer is no. But if I want them on board and I want them to understand my decision-making process, then I have to let that process open for them to have the conversations. Well, if you don't like this rule, let's talk about why the rules in place, let's try to understand, and maybe we can come to some other kind of agreement or maybe not, but at least you understand my thinking and the reason that this rule is in place. So from my perspective, I've heard a lot of other parents uh, feel peer pressured into letting their children have these social media devices because they don't want their child to be left out. And so when I heard her feeling left out, it really made me start to question, is my rule, is our rule, our family's rule, um, which by the way is following federal guidelines, just like let's put that clear, you know, 13, 13 is an age for a reason. Um, it's when brains start to develop. I actually think it's probably too young of an age when we look at brain research and, and what children are able to think critically and abstractly about. Um, but I also know that there's a lot of research that shows that teens and particularly girls are um, at increased risk when they use social media apps. So um, I actually just last week had the opportunity to hear Jean Twenge speak and she's the author of iGen. Uh, the Children and Screens Institute have been doing a series of webinars during this COVID-19 shutdown and they are all available online if anyone would like to go and watch them. But in her talk um, about what has happened and she has done generational research over the last uh, three decades, I guess, um, and the same survey has been given across years. So we can really kind of look at what happens across generations and 11 million people or something ridiculous have been surveyed over this time since 1972, I think the survey has been, or I'm sorry, 1966, the survey has been given. 
And what she pointed out was that something happened around 2011 to 2012 where um, signs of depression and um, anxiety started to increase exponentially, particularly between 12 to 14 year olds and even more so in girls. So there's also an increase in self-harm, an increase in suicide. Uh, basically, we have a mental health issue, you know, in that age range. And it happened starting around 2011, 2012. And then the six year period after that, like she was showing some graphs where you just see this spike in all of these at risk behaviors or at risk feelings. And when she, this is not causation. Um, so you can't say that social media is the problem, but what you can do is look at some correlations. So around that time, everybody starts to have a smartphone social media apps take off, children start to have smartphones. So there is a correlation with smartphone use and social media use in particular and these at-risk behaviors. And so because I'm kind of in this world of research, I knew this. Um, there's also a nice article in the Wall Street Journal about how girls in particular are bearing the brunt of social media. So. Uh, over the over time with more with increased social media use girls are spending less face to face time with friends um, and they're less happy they're less connected surprisingly so there's this idea of chasing likes um, or they don't get the likes that they want and then that impacts their identity and that they're creating an identity online that is not necessarily who they are as an individual. So while they're experimenting in all these social media spaces, they also are not having the face-to-face -face interactions with their friends that fuel that identity development. So with all of this in mind, I, I really wanted to hold off on social media as long as possible um, because it's such a it's such a tough age for kids in a lot of ways um, so what did you learn from talking to your daughter through your discussions and through actively researching your discussions and interactions with your child what did you learn I learned that she was really surprised by what the app admitted so it admitted that you have to give up your right to the things you post and your privacy and I think she had this idea in her mind, I can make my account private and only let certain people in. So therefore I'm protected. And I knew that wasn't the case, but, and I think by the end of our conversation, she realized that as well. Um, she was also very surprised that there were on the Snapchat website, there are um, opportunities for you to search locally in your neighborhood, in your town and find um snaps i think there's some there's a name for them and i forget what it is but you can post these things publicly and she saw kids from her school that were on this very public website that were geolocated right to a park in our town um and she's like i know those people and i was like yep and anyone can find them and anyone can know they're at that park in our town right now so i think that 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 had she had a moment there of wow this this might not be as safe as i thought it was she was also shocked about the 13 year old thing which i i just find super cute but um so you talked a little bit about what she learned in the process uh what did you learn did you change your thoughts about snapchat were you a little bit more concerned were you a little bit more hesitant are you 
Um, do you still believe in your original thought process or decision about holding off social media as long as possible? Did you possibly think more or less? Did you think more about your daughter and her thought processes as she engages with this? Yeah, I, um, I learned a little bit more about the app and it was kind of what I expected it to be. So I don't feel like I changed my position. Um, and it's really not about one app or another. It's about this concept of social media and how it can impact identity development for our young kids that are that really kind of push me towards the decisions that I make as a parent. Um, but what I learned with her is that given conversation with me about these real issues, she can come to her own good decision. So at the end of our conversation, like I said, we spent about an hour going through the website and kind of looking at things and talking about it. Um, I asked her, I said, okay, so, you know, what do you think? Do you still want Snapchat? after all of this. And she's like, well, no, I'm not 13. <laughs> so, you know, I got my little rule follower here. I said, okay, but you're going to be 13 soon. So should we revisit it then? Or she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe, you know, and, and she really, I think the kind of opening the curtain kind of behind the, the curtain of eyes may have helped her to think a little bit more realistically about what she would get out of this app and what she would give up. Now, interestingly, she didn't seem that concerned about having to give up the privacy pieces. Um, she said, mom, all apps are like that. You know, it's like, it's not Snapchat or something else. Like anytime I sign into an app, I have to give up a little bit of my privacy. So I was actually happy that she understands that or, you know, seems to understand that. Two final questions and I'll get you out of here on these. Um, one of the things you talk about in the publication is the approach point. And we've talked about that in the research uh, I'd like to put a little bit more of a fine, finer point on this. So you waited for your daughter to come to you and say, can I get Snapchat? And then this started this discussion. In our research, we suggested, okay, find that approach point, wait for your child to come to you, but there might be times that they don't. So with my children, am I, am I waiting for my son to come to me and say, can I use Snapchat? Can I use TikTok in these, these spaces? or do I have to create something? Should I go to him and explain what happened with you and your daughter? What are your thoughts about that approach point? So um, I think it can, it can happen either way. This was not the first conversation that I've had with my children about social media, and it's certainly not going to be the last. And actually, since my daughter and I had this conversation, there's been a big shift in our house during quarantine time, she has become a YouTuber. She has her own YouTube channel and has been sharing um, arts and crafts on that YouTube channel. And as part of what she's been developing, I recognize that social media could help her to promote this piece of herself. So when we think about connected learning and children creating and learning to connect with others and getting feedback from a real audience, there is a real use for social media in that. So I went to her and I said, what do you think about starting an Instagram account where you can share the pictures of the art and you can kind of cross promote between your YouTube channel and your Instagram account? And she kind of looked at me, she's like, you're asking me if I want to get social media. <laughs> um, and so that was another conversation. Uh, and ultimately she decided, yes, this makes a lot of sense for my goals. So she then had the Instagram account. And as you've noted, she has a twin brother. And I said, well, if I'm going to do for one, 
I kind of have to do for the other. And this is the perfect time for me to help them learn how to use this social media because we're all home together and have more time to talk with each other. So I asked her, her brother, do you want an Instagram account? Because, and he said, well, why would I want one? And I was like, I don't know. Why would you want one? And he's like, well, and then his sister Megan said, well, you know, you like to follow sports people. Like maybe you could learn more about. So then we had this like family conversation and they both have their accounts. And I've got to be honest, I don't think either one of them is really using them all that much. So, um, so yeah, we're evolving and the conversations will keep going. But the point is like, I approached my son with an offer or an offer of a conversation at least. So I think that you can wait for your child to come to you or you can approach them. Well, I mean, it's funny knowing you on the way into this research, it's funny that now you're a little bit more welcome to it now that you've explored it. And so maybe the approach point is, this is more of a lesson to our children. Hey, go to your parents and talk about it because if they think through this, then it's more than more likely than not that you'll be able to use it. So it's sort of interesting that you came to that resolution yeah and i came to it also because i think i think she was ready and i wouldn't have said that six months ago you know but she was in a place where the benefits of the social media were clear to her and we will continue to talk about the potential disadvantages of it so So get you out around this what are your remaining big questions either as a parent as a researcher, as an individual that uses these spaces and tools, what big questions do you still have after this work is done? Where do you see this bringing you next? I think my biggest question is how to um, have these conversations with children and youth on a larger scale. So I know that I think about these things all the time and I'm very intentional about the digital media in our home and about screen use in our home because I'm constantly reading the research and using that research to inform my parenting and then continuing to have conversations with my kids as they grow and their needs change. But not everybody has that benefit. So how can we in the education world begin to have similar conversations with our students um, at all ages so that this becomes part of a literacy curriculum where they are learning to use technologies and social media in critical ways? I think that's my biggest question. So thank you for giving me the time to talk with you about this work. Once again, this is an opportunity for us to uh, spend time with our children, talk with our children, learn from our children, uh, work with other colleagues to figure out how these spaces are informing their practice. Uh, Think about parenting in this age of screen time. Uh, Think about how do we explain to our children how to talk, how we talk to our children about privacy, security, algorithms, uh, social media, what safety looks like and what safety feels like. Um, And it's a benefit for me because all of us have children at different age points and we also parent in different ways. Um, So once again, these podcast episodes are meant to supplement uh, more in-depth research, audio research pieces, and the manuscript itself. Um, but it's always good to talk to you about living and learning in an age of screen time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun today. And thanks, everybody. We'll, we'll be back with a, a little less researchy episode for the end of the season. Thanks again, all. Be safe, and we'll catch up soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Now I can get back to watching my videos.
Pillow.